I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, listeners. In this episode, we discuss cryptocurrencies. We also discuss cryptocurrencies in context of investment. This podcast is for information purposes only and should not be construed as financial advice. Enjoy the episode. This is Internet Marketing. Hello and welcome to the Internet Marketing Podcast brought to you by Cybersibility. I'm your host, Scott Colnutt, and with me today is Mike Feibig, co-founder of Coda Cryptocurrency. And we're going to be discussing how to launch a new cryptocurrency in 2022. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Hi, Scott. How you doing? Yeah, very well. It's a Friday. I always like to end my week on a podcast recording. It's a good yeah. way to wrap up the week. So, uh, yeah, pleasure to be speaking to you and also speaking to you about a topic that's a hot topic and an interesting topic to me personally. So good on this end. How about you? Good. It's very good. Our end. We've been super busy. It doesn't really stop uh, even his weekend. So although this is a Friday for most, it's not really a Friday for us. Um, but we sure do enjoy it. So, yeah, it's all good. Do you want to take a moment to introduce yourself to our listeners and describe a little bit more about what you do at Coda Cryptocurrency? So I've been in finance all of my career uh, since 2010. So that's where I left university and uh, entered the world of lending and borrowing. I actually worked for two of the biggest banks in the UK. And... About four years ago, I decided to do my own thing, started my own brokerage, and I've been running that ever since, up to about a year ago. And then I came across Coda Cryptocurrency, based here in Uxbridge. I was originally from Bristol and came up to see uh, what the project was all about. And I was incredibly surprised, but pleasantly surprised, when I came to the offices in Uxbridge, uh, met James and the rest of the team, and... Since then, I've moved from Bristol to London to join the guys to bring over that traditional finance element and all the skills I've I've learned over the years. And um, and here we are, ten months later. And so you've been involved in the finance industry you just described there for some time. When did yeah. you first become aware of cryptocurrencies? And can you talk me through your personal involvement in cryptocurrencies? How did you start learning? When did you start learning? So I came across cryptocurrencies in two thousand seventeen. There was a huge buzz around cryptocurrency back then. And um, if you go back and look at uh, the charts, for example, of Bitcoin, you can see there was a, 
a big bubble in 2017. And back then it was not really recognized or definitely not as recognized as it is now. And it was one of those things that only, I suppose we could call geeks were into and people that knew um, about tech and uh, these trading platforms and trusted these trading platforms that no one had ever heard of. And a friend of mine actually called me and said, I should take a look at Binance um, and some other some other cryptocurrencies that I've been looking at. And, um, and, and I suppose judge the market for yourself, um, but at the same time, look to get involved. And I said, okay. I said, I'll definitely have a look into it. And uh, did a little bit of reading, went back to previous trends, sort of back to 2000. Saw that there was huge spikes, um, but also huge declines, and that the volatility was out of this world. But that sort of excited me. Um, so I got into cryptocurrency in 2017, started investing, and then went on a tremendous journey from there. 2017 started mm-hmm. to invest. Uh, can you talk a little bit about where you started to invest? Which cryptocurrencies? Yeah. yeah so Bitcoin, Ethereum. Binance, but then I looked at the smaller projects and invested in things, I suppose, in the early days, if you want to call it that for me, in projects that were many decimal points back. Because I thought if I invest in something that's sort of three, four, five decimal points back, it, it might do what Bitcoin did in its early days and, you know, do tens of thousands of percent in, in increases due to adoption and recognition. So I got into a few random smaller projects and, um, then went through the emotional roller coaster of 2017, end of 2017 into 2018, whereby there was a huge spike <laughs> and uh, equally big decline. So we, we watched the portfolios go all the way up. Um, this was a group of friends of mine and then all the way back down. And then we sat quiet for about two years and nobody said anything in these, in this chat. Uh, and then all of a sudden 2020 happened and few messages kept coming through on the uh, WhatsApp group. And I was taking a look at it thinking, wow, this this could actually come back to life. And my goodness me, it exploded. And that's really interesting because you talked just about bringing kind of a traditional finance mm-hmm. uh, element or a level of experience to Coda. And that's one of the reasons that you joined. But mm-hmm. when you actually first became aware of cryptocurrencies in 2017, coming from that more traditional background, can you remember what your initial thoughts on cryptocurrencies were? Yeah, so I've invested in traditional investments. Um, I've got a property portfolio and I've always invested in stocks and shares. I've always had pensions because, like I said, I worked for two of the bigger banks. So that was always a sort of a safe haven for investment. And cryptocurrency was just something different entirely. There are some traditional methods in, in cryptocurrency, but because it's sort of not as well understood as those those banking rules and regulations, it, it sort of, you're a pioneer in the industry and you're sort of taking your own steps. Whereas with traditional finance banking and, and um, investments, you're sort of, you're treading in other people's footsteps. You looked at it through an optimist size and saw it as Indeed. kind of a new investment opportunity. Indeed. I mean, there's, there's, there's investments that are safe and we all know that, you know, property might return you five or 6% and it will always return you five or 6% and you'll go through, um, property increases, property decreases, but generally you'll make a, a reasonable return throughout that period of investment. But cryptocurrency is completely different, and that's what makes it exciting, and um, and that's why I added it to the portfolio. Yeah, it's really interesting as well. Did that period where the crypto market took a bit of a dive knock your confidence, or, or have you <laughs> remained the entire time <laughs> bullish on it? 
<laughs> Scott, that was an interesting time. And uh, being new to crypto, it, it's a learning curve for us all. And it's something we've taken our community through at Coda um, with our all-time high and then our dip. We're on a way to recovery, but we've been through that emotional roller coaster with our community. And I did that back in 2017. And it was, they were exactly the same uh, emotional reactions uh, that people are having now that I had in 2017. It is, uh-huh. um, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, so if you were a part of that maybe first wave or second yeah. wave maybe, then you've got that experience to apply to what we're experiencing right now, I guess. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So I'm interested in coming on to Coda, and we will talk in a moment a lot more about, you know, as we talk through cryptocurrencies and how to launch them, it will help set up why Coda exists. So we will get to that. But just going from that place of traditional finance and the story about how Coda was eventually launched and your involvement in Coda, mm-hmm. maybe could you talk me through... How did Coda, how did James, the CEO, get onto your radar? If you could tell me that story. Yes. Okay. Again, another good story. And actually, it was the same friend uh, that spoke to me in 2017 that invested in Coda on day one that came back to me after all those years and said, you must you must drive up to Uxbridge and meet James. You're very similar people um, in terms of wanting to push business forward, innovation, wanting to help people. Uh, but also educate. And uh, I think you two would work great together. And I, that was when I drove up to Uxbridge and met James. I saw what he did with JG Pest Control and thought, great, I can add all the elements that I've specialized in into cryptocurrency and we can try and make this a safer place, but also increase understanding as well. And was it just James working on the project at that time? No. So James had a team here and I turned up and I think the end of week one, it was super exciting. The office is here is incredible and um i walked in and, and and the buzz was just something 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 else i sat down and i met some of the team johnny who's head of creative um he's got a you know a really exciting background uh he's worked for some big 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 labels um and i sat down with some of the guys and i thought you know what this has got the foundations to be something great and just someone from a financial background, uh, I appreciate this might be difficult to answer, but when you're looking to invest your, whether it's time, money, energy into something like Coda, mm. what were you kind of personally looking out for at the time, the characteristics maybe that you were looking out for in either the people or the company? Yeah, that's a, that is a great question. Okay. So cryptocurrency as a whole is incredibly difficult to understand because a lot of teams, they're not doxxed, so you don't know their name, let alone see their face on videos. You can't find an office. You can't find company accounts. You can't find who their accountants are, who their legal team are. Uh, and really, it's very difficult to find out where those foundations were built and, and how they operate. So when you think about that and think about investment, there are all the things you should look at. You should also look at uh, financial backing, whether the CEO's got previous track record in an industry similar to this one, uh, whether or not they can support that business. And um, then other things like, where's the office based? You know, do they own the office? Is the office leased? Is there longevity in this project? And they were all questions I asked myself in that first first week. That's really interesting, Mike, because I think about this in context of I talked about cryptocurrency as like a hot topic or a trend and people get caught up in the excitement. 
and that kind of highlights the that kind of more traditional finance experience that you brought to the table just applying that because you hear stories about people that invest their life savings in various forms of cryptocurrency and lose them all and 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 actually just a hot topic in the nft world over this last couple of weeks has been scams in nfts and you just hear about people investing without maybe that level of due diligence because they're caught up in the hype so i think that's a really important lesson just to doing your research yeah i think that you made some great points there there's, there's projects that are bedroom setups, and I'm not going to take anything away from everyone. A lot of those people have made millions and billions of pounds. And a bit like, I suppose, when the internet was created, you are a pioneer in, in that industry to a degree. Um, so not all bedroom setups are scams, but when you can't look at those tangible things that we, we mentioned earlier, it makes it hard to invest in a project. I think when you can see something, you can believe in it. Um, and again, looking at sort of background, the background aspects of the CEO and the company and previous track records all do help with, with an investment. But not only that, I think utility to a cryptocurrency is important as well. Going back to that period where you started to invest in crypto yourself and learn about crypto yourself, I'm not going to ask you on this podcast to explain things like the blockchain or what crypto is. I think yeah. for a podcast like this, we have to assume a little bit of prior knowledge. But I am interested to know, like one challenge that I face when maybe trying to explain crypto or NFTs is like where to start. It this there's a wealth of information. It's difficult to know what to trust. And so for someone like yourself who went through that journey, and I assume is still going through that journey of learning, where are some either places to learn or resources that you recommend? Doing your own homework's key in all of this. I think considering the, the aspects that we discussed on the call earlier are definitely key. So write those down, consider consider all of those. Um, if you can find any information about that project uh, out, uh, you're, you're doing well because there's so many out there you can't. So I think sticking to key principles, obviously the internet is, is an incredibly powerful tool. Um, but if you can go down and visit offices or meet people in person, you can attend crypto expos where um, companies are exhibiting and they'll talk to you directly. I think all that face-to-face traditional way of doing things is great in a, in such a, I'm not going to say misunderstood, but such a complex market, those traditional ways of doing things do really work. It's kind of strange to think about in the, uh, maybe a completely online format or medium, you still get that mm-hmm. trust face to face. Really. There's no, there's no alternative or no better alternative than for trust than being able to meet the owners or the people exactly. behind the projects. Yeah. And you'll, you'll find in a lot of the projects where, you know, the owners are, are really involved, you'll be able to, to talk to them in Discord, you'll hear them on podcasts, you'll see them in YouTube videos, and you can keep up with the journey. Usually, crypto companies put a roadmap on the website, and the roadmap will specify what the next 12 months or 24 months uh, look like. And you can pretty much uh, follow the... The, the route to progress through that that roadmap and you know each each of those milestones there'll be an update from the CEO or higher management or whoever they they, they want to use to get the um, get the information out there and I think just following following that is is key with any investment this leads me nicely on to coda and what you're about and how you distinguish yourself as a cryptocurrency and in marketing so yeah. before we just launch into coda a little bit more, just taking a, a higher level view of the cryptocurrency market, are you able to estimate just broadly 
how many cryptocurrencies there are as we're speaking in 2022? Are we talking hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands? Yeah, tens of thousands, I would have thought. Right. Yeah. And so with tens of thousands of cryptocurrencies out there, it really sets me up to ask the question, why Coda? What are you trying to do different in the market? Why does Coda exist? So Coda has been based around three key principles, principles you will find in those traditional banking and traditional um, investment models, trust, education, ease of use, so TEE. The trust part comes from being able to communicate, to be able to see and be able to follow the team and be able to be part of that team. So things like having an open office, which is something we do regularly, uh, and we invite people in to come and talk to us, to come and meet us and ask questions about that project, set Coda aside from... I want to say 99% of the other investments out there. I've never, I've never seen another cryptocurrency invite, invite people into an open office style, uh, evening, let alone offer them some, some pizza and some drinks at the same time. And I think the transparency there again is, is, is amazing, uh, especially for a project like this, because understanding's everything. The educational part is, is huge as well. So many people are new to cryptocurrency in our communities made up of a majority of new to crypto and by lending a hand through our many platforms be it facebook discord telegram youtube we're able to educate people in crypto Um, and a bit like your podcast we can talk about areas that they need to look at or we advise to look at or you know or give previous experience so that everyone can go away and do their own homework and see whether or not there's any tangible aspects attached to that project and whether or not they can build that trust and then really uh, go ahead and and buy, hold or invest in, in cryptocurrency. I mean, that's going to be down to them. Obviously, with cryptocurrencies, non-advice, I've come from an um, advice role in, in, previous, in a previous life. But yeah, I think the educational part's huge. Based on even just what you were saying earlier on in the podcast, it's transparency and trust seem it's a big issue in the cryptocurrency market no one will be surprised about that and addressing that issue seems to be and i don't want to speak too much out of turn to mm-hmm. kind of describing your service or your product or your cryptocurrency yeah. Yeah. But, um, it sounds like bringing an element of trust to the cryptocurrency market is maybe at the heart of what you do yeah it is at the heart of what we do and um and that transparency side is, as well um you know Take me back to when you were meeting with James and the rest of the team in your first few weeks. And Mm. I assume that this was one of your goals. You know, we want to launch a cryptocurrency because we think we can do something different here. We think we can bring transparency and trust for the market. Of course, there's the financial element of making a return and an investment Mm. somewhere down the line. Were there any other motivators behind wanting to launch a cryptocurrency for Coda? The space is really exciting. Um, I've traveled all over the world in the last six months. Um, I've been really fortunate to have that opportunity to meet the people I've, I've, I've met and to find out what the rest of the world thinks about cryptocurrency. I've been to Europe, all over Europe, and then all over the Middle East. And the adoption in the Middle East seems to be well ahead of the adoption in Europe and the UK especially. So what we've what attracted us to, to pushing the project further, I think, is creating something that people trust and recognize, but also at the same time, create a, a new exciting space for people as well. Uh, you know, traditional investments have been done over and over again. 
we just see new companies come in with a, with a, with a slightly different approach, different marketing plan, and then sort of regurgitate a similar investment. With cryptocurrency, you seem to be able to plot your own path. Um, and I think that's why a lot of us do it. There's, there's so many new and exciting things you can do. Like, for example, NFTs and markets are tiny in comparison um, for those trading NFTs or cryptocurrency in comparison with, with other investments. And I just think that adds to the excitement of being involved with the space. And you just mentioned NFTs there. One of my questions was about the alignment of Coda with Summit Swap. Can you maybe just elaborate on that for anyone that's yeah. listening, maybe goes to your website, sees the reference to Summit Swap. Can you just okay. describe the alignment between the two? Yeah, so what, what's been created here is what we call the Summit BC ecosystem. So the ecosystem supports the Coda staking model, okay? And quite simply put, it's NFTs, it's cryptocurrency, it's any other projects we decide that would be valuable or that emerge through that space. It's also summit swap. So what you've got is you've got four, potentially five very different products there. They all feed back to a central model, which is the staking model. The staking model, I suppose, if we want to put it in layman's terms, is similar to receiving a dividend on a share where you receive a percentage of that company's profit. But with the staking model, not only do you benefit from receiving a percentage of all that company's profit in all those different fields, you can also benefit from trading volume, both buys and sells, and then the growth of that value as well. So the value encoder. Where Summit Swap comes in is Summit Swap is a swap site that allows you to trade Binance Smart Chain tokens. So tokens like Coda or Capex is due to be released. And um, the projects that exist there tend to be new projects with new ideas. And that's what makes Summit Swap so exciting. And that's yeah, how it links to Coda. I appreciate that's a hard thing to describe. And I imagine <laughs> you, we, we, we're in a... We're, yeah, we're in a good. podcast setting, but I, and we're not on camera together. But I, I imagine yeah. you were speaking with your hands a lot there. That's what I did. I was, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I, I've understood about the intent of Coda and kind of why it exists a little bit more now. And then the big question that comes to mind is like, how do you get started? So I, I think if you've got a basic understanding of cryptocurrency, you you maybe know why they exist, how maybe some of them differ, and NFTs. We've kind of discussed that a little bit there as well. Yeah. But then actually how do you launch a cryptocurrency who finances that how do you kick things off if you could describe a little bit of that story for me okay so how do you start a cryptocurrency company so james james had an idea james likes new and exciting guys quite amazing in that respect and i think james saw potential in cryptocurrency but also potential for change and potential for improvement the financial backing came from Prior ventures, uh, you know, James owns JG Pest Control, which is the third biggest pest control company in the UK. So James had the financial backing to allow him to uh, enter the market, but not just enter the market, taking small steps. We've, we've taken giant leaps and achieved a lot, you know, a huge amount in, in, the, in the short time that it's been going. Describe to me, the, if you can, the extent of practical steps that you take to launch that cryptocurrency. So you have the investment. Yeah. 
How do you market that? Who are your first? Yeah. I don't know if you treat them as customers, but customers, yeah. clients. So I think the first place you start is with a team of developers. You bring a team of developers together and you'd go around or go about uh, designing the tokenomics for that cryptocurrency, basically the code. Once you design that, that cryptocurrency, you could then put together a team and come up with a strategy and a plan for marketing. And how long was that process for you? Uh, James doesn't hang around, so I think he did that. He did that pretty quickly. Um, I think a team. We started with a team of six devs from all over the world. Yeah. The reason we didn't do them all um, from the UK is because we've noticed that previous developers from the same background, from the same company, can pose risk to a project. Mm. So we brought in developers from all over the world that didn't know each other, that didn't have relationships, uh, and that were checking each other's work and. They were checking the fundamentals of the code um, and checking for any anomalies. So each time a piece of code was, was written, the other one was checking that and making sure there was nothing untoward in that code. So that was part of putting the development team together. I think James's, um, James's idea really did work because we've got a cryptocurrency that, that has been designed on the back of a, uh, another similar cryptocurrency, SafeMoon, uh, but has had all the fundamental errors fixed and then been audited at the same time so it is a an upgrade on on that on that contract and then going to the marketing side of things on the launch so we talked about the fact there are tens of thousands of cryptocurrencies um maybe this element of trust that's potentially an obstacle to overcome maybe even opportunity as coda sees it how do you recall approaching marketing for the first time you know think of launch day and the lead up yeah. to launch day what activities were you planning and partaking in yeah so marketing's really been based around that open door policy uh, we wanted people to come and understand the project before investing which is the <laughs> which is the complete opposite to a lot of other cryptocurrency companies um, they usually release a, a project or a product and say look this is going to be the greatest thing ever uh, everyone buy it. But actually, we, we did the reverse to that and we said, no, actually, everyone understand it first. We've not been marketing the way we wanted to until there was a utility for Coda. And that utility comes alongside the staking model, which is due out. Uh, I don't want to give dates, but between a month and two two months time. Um, and that will give utility to Coda. So we've got, um, we've got 10,500 holders as it stands and all those holders... Uh, or I'd say the vast majority of those holders uh, understand the project, um, you know, friends and family and people that have been along to uh, the office to see what's going on. I think this is an interesting part. And again, one of the reasons I wanted to discuss this topic, in particular, when I speak to people uh, about NFT, you know, I'm still a bit torn on the topic personally. I understand the argument yeah against nfts in terms of the environmental impact and also yeah. the argument for nfts in terms of innovation and utility Indeed, but yeah. the, the fundamental thing that i think most the average person on the street who doesn't really know too much about crypto hasn't necessarily done research maybe is reading headlines the fundamental misunderstanding is the utility aspects of nfts mm-hmm. and so what i'm hearing here is that with coda it's a good opportunity maybe to get in early because if you manage to secure the tokens ahead of the utility being released, being that early adopter is that's the best stage to get in at if the invest you know in terms of long term investment. 
Yeah, if you look at if you look at previous trends, and I welcome everyone to do their own homework on this, you'll see that early adoption is is key in a lot of this. You know, um, back in 2017, I was watching videos of 16, 17, 18 year olds. I'm sure very intelligent people, but you could say um, not with as much life experience as people in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Um, jumping up and down on YouTube videos saying I've, I've made a, a billion pounds. You used to just think to yourself, how, how have you done that? <laughs> um, I suppose the point is you really need to, need to understand the project first before you get involved. Um, and it's all good listening to those people that hyper project, but sometimes they're doing it for their own personal gain. I'm not saying any of those, those guys that watch videos off did it for that, but, um, you know. Speaking through your journey over the last, I think you said 10 months, What's been the most difficult part of the process? And you can speak about that, whether it's for a business lens or a marketing lens or a combination of both. What are the biggest obstacles you've had to overcome? Okay, obstacles. The There's been a lot. So we've had, um, and we still have, a legal team on board and an accountant. And what we've been doing is working with uh, the DMCC and the UAE uh, to make sure things are licensed. Um, as you know, cryptocurrency isn't regulated, especially in the decentralized space. Um, so we've just been, I suppose, carrying out all the back office activities and making sure that um, our trading is done the right way, um, but also in line with what's available. And I can tell you there's not really a lot available. There is for things like exchanges, but when you don't operate as an exchange or a broker, it's very hard to put a finger on on where you sit in terms of what can and can't be done. Um, and coming from a, a role that was incredibly dictated by compliance, I think that's probably one of the one of the major obstacles in crypto because it's so new. You're also you're also learning, developing, and understanding, but also trying to meet um, any new rules and, and licensing that come at the same time. To close out this episode, speaking from a marketing perspective, you were saying about uh, having an open door policy. I can't remember exactly how you described it, but you're speaking about having an open door policy to help reinforce that element of trust. Yes. And actually, it, it makes sense that you're on this podcast with me because podcasting is another way for people to hear the people behind the project. Are you planning on doing more podcasting? And, and what other activities are you planning to do to help reinforce that trust? Exactly what I've done with you today, Scott. I think I think people, when people can understand and, and you know speak to members of the team or indeed drop into the office at any time, um, they do build that, that trust. And, and that's what the industry needs. Um, so we will continue to be as transparent as we can. I do like bi-weekly AMAs. Johnny's, Johnny will do the NFT sort of stuff. James will do the more complex dev uh, type AMAs. And we will just try and answer as many questions as we can. Outside of Coda, are there any examples of either cryptocurrencies or NFT projects that you think have done a really good job of reinforcing that trust? I mean, there is, yeah, if you look at Ethereum, for example, the, the founder is constantly um, all over the internet, uh, presentations, YouTube videos, that transparency is there. That's, that's a great network of blockchain. And there are, you know, people are, people are seeing this model, this more tra- traditional model, and, um, and they're adopting it because they can see that instead of getting a huge, a huge run north and then a, and then a huge dip south and, and a sort of, and then a stagnation across the investment side of things. I think the, the projects with, with good foundations and with tangible assets are the ones that are really, are really proving their worth. Um, and we're going to just continue to push that model 
trust education ease of use and, and be available when we can so really appreciate this today scott and you mentioned about timelines and i know you can't give specific timelines but maybe on the horizon over the next six months what are some of the next key milestones for coda uh, key milestones are um we are going to start to really push now um with the marketing uh we're going to look at new areas of cryptocurrency like nfts um start to explore the metaverse for example and really, really get into the more technical side of cryptocurrency, uh, the passive income generations one side. But as a business, if you can adopt what's hot um, or what's currently trending, that's where the value will be. And if you can feed that value back to a very safe staking model uh, or, pa- or, or passive income generator, then you know that business is going to be successful and we're just going to continue to push uh, uh, into innovation and all those new things. To close out this episode, do you want to let our listeners know where they can find out more about you and Coda Cryptocurrency? Yeah, so our website um, has a link tree on it. It'll take you to all the different social platforms we use. So it's coda.finance. Um, we're on Discord, we're on WhatsApp, we're on Telegram. You can pretty much reach us anywhere. Uh, for new projects like NFTs, Discord's a great place to be. Uh, Discord's an incredibly powerful uh, tool for communication. Um, you can split groups. We can do it in different languages. Um, there's really a lot to be taken from that. Um, so yeah, sure, you can hit us from any any direction. Yeah, I'm going to have to cover Discord on another episode because the uh, <laughs> the growth <laughs> of Dis- yeah the growth of Discord in alignment with the growth of cryptocurrency and mm-hmm. any in the NFT market is really fascinating. It's like the platform of adoption for people that are interested in these kind of topics, and uh, I haven't covered that yet. So yeah, maybe coming up soon. Yeah, just uh, to give you just to give yeah. you uh, listeners a bit of a tip, I think um, if you're going to use Discord, for example, there is um, there's people on there that really know their stuff, and if you go on Instagram or one of the socials and, and start following those people, you know, they can really, really give you some good stuff. They know where the next big project's going to be. They usually, they've usually been contacted by that project and they know that project's going to take off and they take their community with them. And I think using those guys that have been around 10 years plus, they've got into some really good projects is is your entrance into that and, and, and sort of safeguard, if, if I dare call it that. Well you heard Mike we'll see you all on Discord (laughs) alright take care this has been the Internet Marketing Podcast